and welcome back to New Wakanda. This is Deja Steed, and join as always with my co-host, Colin Kell. Hey. <laughs> Howdy. And with that, it is a year in review and a look back and a look ahead for the year of 2021. So it's been a moment since last we spoke. But of course, so many creative things and life things and, and the ideas of where we are creatively on our journey has taken us to this point. So we're going to get a first and foremost to not only catch up with what we've been up to, but I'd love to figure out some way in space, not only for us to be a more authentic conversation, but really a space for us to also look at where we feel we'll be. Not in five, I don't do the where will you be five years from now, but I'd love to be a, what's our next big step. Maybe maybe that's a point that we could talk on. But first and foremost, you know, we are in the middle of a pandemic still. So let me ask the question. How are you feeling today? Uh, you know, anxiety is just a constant companion these days. Like, it, like there's you're just constantly figuring out how to navigate what next new horrible thing you're learning about. Um, so yeah, like we're in a weird holding pattern right now because, you know, this new variant, which fortunately my husband and I have been, we have not gotten COVID yet. I cannot say the same for a lot of people that I know. Um, we haven't gotten it. And because it's so much more contagious, some of the, the safety precautions don't apply anymore. And so we're trying to figure that out. That's just a thing that we're trying to figure out. Um, but it keeps us kind of like, okay, do we even want to go outside? Like, I'm tired of this chaos. I'm tired. And I'm tired of the lack of support that we get from local, state, and federal governments regarding this. But I've been complaining about this for two years now. Like... <laughs> I'm tired Absolutely. of talking about it. <laughs> it's it is uh it is a normal you know the the idea of two um, two years going on three seems surreal but is very much the the new normal where we've got yet another variant on our back. They made and it I, normal. That's what pisses me off. They made it normal. They made like, but okay, that's I. That's <sighs> no, okay. Go ahead. No, it's just really frustrating because we knew how to 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 try to get some semblance of control over it. And I've just never seen so many people work against their own safety in such a concerted way. And that's like and I and that's actually a lie because this is how white supremacist patriarchal capitalism works. It actually cuts off his nose to spite its face constantly because if the goal is always, you know, exemplify whiteness and maleness and able-bodiedness and all of these things, that right. means that anybody who doesn't fit into those descriptors is ignored and marginalized regardless of, you know, what they bring to the table, regardless of how skilled they are, how um, intelligent they are, how capable they are. None of that matters if they don't fall into the preferred group. And so there's so many things that are just being missed. And this this pandemic really shines a light on just how far they are willing to go 
to to tell themselves that they're right and they are superior and they are great and everybody should realize that they are on the chopping block and this it's a it's a hard reality but it is the reality and it's not even remotely being hidden anymore and so it's a it's a horrific thing to kind of watch and live through and try and feel very helpless in at the same time. So this has been an ongoing thing for me. It's just been very hard to watch. Um, it's been very hard to be subjected to. And it's virtually impossible to protect yourself from it. And then you feel guilty when you have certain privileges that kind of keep you more protected than other people in your circle. Like I have a job where we are working from home indefinitely. And that shit kicked in back in March and I have not seen those people in like almost two years now. Um, but I know other people who they work retail. I know other people who are in different types of offices that have forced them to come in. And then of course there's the whole medical community who has no choice. So, and the way that they're doing schools, everything is a mess. So it's just, it's just a hard thing. And there are just so many layers to the discomfort, and guilt and frustration and sadness and rage that you feel in this environment. It is. And uh, that's, that's a fair assessment of, of where we are, right? So to have little ones in this education system to already have had my breakthrough case of COVID to see my job completely go away and stay away two years later for, uh, for COVID. And when, just when I think, there might be a chance for it to come back. You know, we've got a new variant that shuts everything down you know, internationally again. So I've, I feel like it's absolutely a lot of things that we as a society can control that we don't. And if anything, it's been a it's been a snapshot of I don't know if it's the human condition to to want to to do ourselves harm or to, uh, to not basically give ourselves the, uh, the benefit of the doubt when it is, uh, when it's our life on the line. Like, I don't know if that just means we're, we're very self-defeating cause us to where we are or, or what, but you know, to think that you know, we still have to tell people to get vaccinated, to, to do even the most basic things and not only keep themselves safe, but keep others safe. And I think it's just, it's almost become, you know, not macabre or or morbid, uh, morose. I think might be it. <laughs> is the uh, is a way that we just simply are going to keep going forward and say this. It is what it is, and we'll we'll see how that goes. But to say all that, at least creatively for us, obviously it's changed not only the way that we work, but it's got to change the way that we think about humanity and the way that we connect with people and the way that we create. And that's been an issue already to start off with before the pandemic. But now the idea of not being able to go to shows, uh, to do these other things and, and connect with folks just in a in-person space or even the way we do stuff virtually, because now that is a norm. It's just, it's so much, I feel like, that we uh, that we have to take into consideration on top of that. And at least for me as a creative, I know that it has, um, 
undoubtedly changed the way that I I make I make my art, or I, and definitely the way I make my living through my art for sure. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, for me, yeah. I mean, and here's the thing because they've relaxed restrictions, and I want you to know, like, every time they relax something, that pretty much meant we probably weren't going to revert back. And what really mm-hmm. got me was how, in the beginning, Everyone had come up with these plans of, you know, these code one, code two, or, you know, like these levels. And when it came time, when suddenly they were like, okay, people are actually okay with, like, they're angry that they can't go out. They're angry that they can't go places. They're angry that stuff is closed. They skipped all of those protocols. All of them. Like, they went from, you know, everyone has to wear a mask to, eh. You can you can wear one if you want to. And this was before vaccinations started up. Mm-hmm. And when people got vaccinated back in well, when the vaccination rates were going up steadily and they wanted to incentivize vaccinations, they were like, Well, if you're vaccinated, you can go out without a mask and you can meet with other vaccinated people without masks. There are so many breakthrough cases. Everyone keeps trying to tell me it's a very small percentage of people getting breakthrough cases. And I'm like, if it's such a small percentage and nobody in my circle, because my circle's small, should have gotten one, statistically speaking. And yet I was hearing about it pretty regularly from people. So they should have not relaxed it in that way. And they still haven't said, you know, they're like mandating masks. You know, our state isn't even Georgia's not talking about this mess. So, I mean, I, I just don't see this getting better. And events are going to keep happening. They're going to keep happening. Right. People are willing to make those risks. They're willing to take those chances. Events are in-person events are going to keep happening. Yes, I think it is really the, the way it is. I just I feel like we've. There's a social contract in in society and in humanity that we're done. We're not we're not going to shut down again. We're not going to. This is not going to be 2000, which or 2020, excuse me. Uh, again, where the world is going to stop. I think it was your point. We we're going to have to move on, and as creators, we're going to have to find our way through this madness. And somehow, particularly for those who use this as not only their outlet but for their their source of income it's you you either have to be a part of it or if you take yourself away from it then understand that's part of the uh that that's part of the that's part of the agreement so at least and i want to know that i want to give you a chance to respond and close but please go ahead no no i mean i just it pisses me off so much that this really just became, you know, and very quickly became, if you die, you die. And I mean, the the reality is that it's always been that way, right? Especially for us, it's always been that way. Right. If you die, you die. It's just become way more widespread. It's become way easier for everyone to access that level of disregard uh, with this pandemic. <laughs> right. But of course, it really only affects people who are in poverty, people who, you know, are the, the, the most 
I don't even like the words that we have to who have the least amount of cushion to protect themselves from the rampant violence of our society that are getting hit the hardest. And, you know, there are people who are finding themselves in that category that didn't realize they were in that category. Um, Some of them need to see it. But on the other hand, you know, it's still not mobilizing us. It's still not, you know, um, radicalizing us. We're still saying staying safe in our havens when we can. It's it's shit. And and it and it's going to continue. So as as we kind of have cited, it's a lot of the same frustrations of not things changing in twenty twenty one seems to be the overlying start, at least for the you know, what's been our year in review is <laughs> definitely that. So COVID still is such a, a primary point of of not just our daily lives, but obviously still things go in the near future. And when with that, I think the idea of how do we stay in touch with the people that we're trying to work for creatively. And even so, before before we go there, let's take a step back. What ha- what's been your creative outlets to to obviously push through or at least to acknowledge and, and work work through the way things are. So of course, you know, our thing here is that we're trying to talk about our creative journey. Obviously there's a lot of roadblocks, changes and just full stops on some things creatively for us. But let's just at least acknowledge that there's been good creation done despite the way society is. So well, at least for you, create go ahead. No, I'm gonna say you're probably a much better judge of that than I am because you've been out there. Like, oh, yeah. I pretty much like have been like, if I can't do it from home, it's just not going to happen. So yeah, fair enough. Yeah, but but even so, you still have been able to be creative this year. So I, mm-hmm. I mean, yes, it it's it has pushed my direction a little bit further in the direction I always planned to go, but I have more time to do it now. So now I can focus more on fiction stuff that takes me way longer than I think it should, but (laughs) it is what it is. And um, I can focus on that more and trying to, you know, move that bit forward for myself, but I'm still, I'm not out there. Like you're out there. Like, what are you like? In fact, I'm actually really curious. What is your plan? Because I know you have been like one, you've been to in-person events Two, I know you've been kind of antsy about it and you know, firsthand what it's like working on virtual events and how them shits are hard. (laughs) Too true. Like to say it as, you know, politely as they are hard to do um so like you have a lot more experience with trying to really be in that creative space and really willing to push the envelope you know during this pandemic so what are you doing well i feel like a little bit of everything and so the idea was caution for the first half of the year and then taking that step which for me was dragon con so really for the first half of the year pretty much as things started to open back up with the introduction of the 
the of the of the vaccine, I was still apprehensive, uh, even though I was fully vaccinated and and thankfully was someone early to to get all the things. It still just was hard because creatively I wasn't in a space. I've still been in survival mode, not only just of the health concerns, but just financially, because I've had a, it's taken all of this year to really feel like I could navigate and kind of and downsize the way that I do things to a point of sustainability. Now I lost a lot of creative time in the meantime. So getting to that point of even being able to go out meant that there was a lot of things I couldn't do. So I've had several projects. And when I mainly let's say when I say projects right now, I'm going to be speaking specifically about comic books. Like I've had three comic book programs I've had to cancel this year. And COVID was a, a overlying factor, but I think also the the apathy around making things that I wasn't sure how I was going to get them out or if it would be financially, not financially viable, but I guess we'll say it that way. It financially made a lot of sense. The comic books, because there was a shortage on paper, people are home and and where it was easier to connect with folks. It was also meaning that I absolutely had to spend money with no with no real way of ensuring I was going to get it back. So the production cost has always been high, but it was very high stakes this year. And then, as you said, just the do I sell these in person? If I go to sell something in person, will anyone show up? I feel like having to look at the first half of the year to see that what we said earlier, that people are going to come out eventually. Now, especially now that the vaccine became more and more available. I figured that I was going to make my make my stand or die on this hill at Dragon Con. And though I really did appreciate, because I felt like if there was a convention that really seemed to have things together, as big as it was and as many people that normally it, it could have went left, that that was the best convention I went to as far as having things under control, handled, feeling safe, and it being just enough financially that it was worth doing it. And so I tried a couple other things after that and they didn't work mm-hmm. um, because we're right along with the, the issues of COVID, we, the supply chain withered and died on the vine this year. And so I had this huge show. I put all my money into to try to close the close the year, at least on a, a modest note uh, out of LA comic-con and my books didn't make it. And so this is right before Omicron. And so I had this huge expensive table, like two tables together. thinking I was going to sell this brand new program, this new book that I found that I have, but the people who pay for it still don't have. So trying to one show a proof of life. And then two, uh, it, was, it ended up being the Shell Nichols retirement party. So you're talking about, you know, really risking it all. The idea of trying to put someone in their twilight years in front of, convention folks uh, for, for one last thank you and farewell um, on, was only exacerbated by nothing on my end going right. And so I look at it and say that that really was a not not wake up call, but it really was a snapshot of how this year was. Like it, I didn't have everything I needed. So if I was ready, it seems like my my creative work wasn't ready. And if me and the creative work wasn't ready, then it was hard to get in front of the audience. 
So it seemed like it was never all the things together in the physical space that worked. And though I did a lot of virtual conventions, is it is not the same as for for a lot of things, particularly for vending. And even though I've done my program with Subsume and try to be cognizant and supportive of vendors by being modest, if not charging nothing for the program, even though it costs a lot to run, mm-hmm. it's we're so we're such a digital society now that I feel like people tune it out. Mm-hmm. You know, we're all in front of our computers all day long. There's when you do have a job, or if you work a job, there's no difference between mm-hmm. work and home. It's like you're now you're always trapped at work. And even creatively, when I sit in front of this computer and even though I may be looking for something or looking at a job or doing something like that, the clock is always on that you should be doing something. Mm-hmm. And there is no rest. And so nothing else out of this, the the journey of trying to make it back to in person to only feel like it was such a a, a physical toll to do so. Because mm-hmm. I wasn't used to standing in front of the table <laughs> for three days. Uh, I didn't have my con legs back. I was tired. Uh, you couldn't get food all the time. And it was it was it was roughing it. And I and though I enjoy that part, it was roughing it and then looking around is like, why am I here? What am I doing this? And and, and in closing, it really was a snapshot of what am I going to do? What am I going to be when I grow up? Am I going to be a comic book writer and do this for the next 10 years? Is this going to feed me and my family? Or do I need to just say, hey, this is good. And it's not that it's a good run, but this isn't going to, this isn't going to be it. Because I really put all my stuff this year into being the comic book guy. And I made... One book that technically I finished Christmas of last year, and that's it. I paid for four. I have three on my desk, um, but I could only get out one. And even the people that paid for it couldn't get it. So it's going to be a part where I'm going to have to look, at, I'm going to have to look around and, and figure out what I can do to um, to make it, to make it, <laughs> to make it. So that's been a long, it's been a long blurb on my end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I actually was a little hopeful and I tried to book something for next year, right? And it was a weird one where somebody reached out to me, a, a university reached out to me and was like, you know, we'd be interested in having you come and talk about comic books, which I was like, oh, okay. okay. Mm-hmm. Uh- <laughs> so I was like, okay, bet. And so they had to get the paperwork to me, like they have to get the paperwork to me at least six weeks out before the event, right? Uh, yeah. That that would have been last week. Mm-hmm. I haven't gotten the fully executed paperwork, and I'm fairly positive it's because not just vacation, but also Omicron. So like this new variant, and that it like I so I don't think that's going to happen. But even if it were, I'm not sure if I want to do it. Because who knows what this shit is going to look like in the next couple of months. Like, we we keep operating with this weird optimism of everything is going to be fine. But that ain't necessarily true. And, you know, I think there's a part of me that's like, can we stop pretending that this is 
that this is the case. I don't know. But as far as, like I said, my creative stuff, I'm working on three different short stories. Um, one of them is going to be, one of them I want to submit to, um, one of Milton's anthologies, Milton Davis's anthologies, because he does those pretty frequently. And I think it would just be, a, I keep trying to make it into, this is a good opportunity for me to practice. Just, you know, just take it, just do it. So, and it's a story that's been in my head for a while. I, it's been ready to come, it's ready to come out. So I really need to make that happen. Um, I signed up to be, I, I applied for, it's an academic uh, publication for you know black feminisms in um science and science fiction and fantasy and so um I'm really excited about that one because I love you know doing academic stuff um and it will be another anthology anthologies are really big deals for me because I know how many authors I have found by reading anthologies and I, I, you know, I never want people sleeping on them because you get included in a book with a whole bunch with some other, you know, really popular or well-known authors, then that gets you in front of a lot of different people just by being in that book, which mm -hmm. means it opens up opportunities for you. So I'm trying to, to be strategic and take advantage of that, but mm -hmm. I'm just, it, it's hard to want to do this stuff now. Like, it's like, especially if it's not a survival thing. Right now, survival for me is keep my job, even though my coworkers are trash and I hate what I do. Like, but it's not hard and I should just keep doing it. You know, it keeps me with health care. It keeps me in the house. It keeps me being able to pay my bills. I hate it. And then you're like, all right, now that I'm not working on work stuff, I want to work on my creative stuff, but it's still work. And many days my brain is not in it. Like I just, I'm not into it, but this is what super sucks. This has always been the quandary of being a creative with a day job. You always have to, you always feel like you have to do your day job. Right. And they're asking for a lot of your time each week. And when you need the rest, the only thing you sacrifice is the thing that you actually want to do. The thing that actually makes you happy. The thing that gets you excited. That's the thing you have to sacrifice so that you can, you know, keep doing this other shit that you don't care about. Mm. It's just a rough road. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm super like, ugh, right now with it. But... <sighs> You know, I have moments. It comes and it goes. Some days are better than others. Where I'm like, oh, I had the energy to do this today. Oh, I'm really gung-ho about doing this. Oh, I'm going to focus on this today. Um, and then mm. there are some times where I'm just like, I just want to sit down and not think about anything at all. Because mm -hmm. every time I do, I just I just wonder what's the, what's the point. <laughs> all right. I don't want to be in that headspace for a very long time. So, yeah, it's not, we're not, this, like, it's really important for me to keep reminding myself and hopefully others that this is not an easy time that we are living in. 
And as much as people want to downplay and say, oh, no, you get to stay home, that's better than what you had it before in some ways, but the cost is way high. And I don't want to go back to what we were doing. I really don't, because that that wasn't feasible either. It wasn't sustainable. But it, this is we're not in this is not easy street. We're We're not. We are, this is, we're doing a lot. There's a lot of blood, sweat, and tears going into just our day-to-day now. Mm-hmm. And we need to at least acknowledge that. <sighs> because it's very easy to pretend that, you know, it's not a big deal when it really is. This is, it's hard. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Like, I, I, I wish that I had something, you know, profound to say. I wish I had something cheerful to say. I wish I had something inspiring to say. And I really do just feel like I'm just, you know, just getting through day to day and hoping for the best. Oh, absolutely. I'm not. And it, and the worst part is this isn't the worst. <laughs> It could, it could be way worse, but yeah, it, yeah, this. this is pretty but, yeah. horrible. So yeah. <laughs> I don't no. want to see worse. Right. So I think to uh, Jack Nicholson, what if this is as good as it gets? Right. <laughs> and it's just that's all. That's been my whole mo this year. Just like this is it. This this is. At least in, in for earning potential, I think the way of the, the marketplace, the education space, um, I think for our supply chain, I guess it's going to be like this. And like I can't go to the grocery store and go get a box of Rice Krispies and just know it's going to be there. And that's not to say we live in a, you know, in an opportunity environment, but that's just, it kind of just goes to show. And I think that's also been a reflection of what, what's important and what's not, right? Because this thing is, is in the back of your mind you have to think of it of even everything that we do right so if it's not a even the virtual stuff i mean we're doing virtual because of our fear uh also our respect and and necessity to to be able to do this stuff and then that also makes me realize is another thing for me this year in in my review was i completely just was tired of social media Oh, and yeah. for a long stretch of months, I just I just gave it up. I just said, you know what, uh, I can't do this, and and I don't want to do this anymore. And so that part of me, I was I'm not I'm not to say I was completely gregarious all the time. I mean, I have my uh, I have my favorite platform, which is Facebook. I mean, even though it's you know it owns Instagram, I don't use Instagram as much. Though I had a lot of followings in some years past. It's more of a passing thing. And and Twitter, I had given up on a couple of years, years ago. So that really wasn't a thing. But I say that in contrast where I had a, a viral television moment. Mm-hmm. And then everybody started hitting me up with stuff. Just random people I didn't know. Uh, people that felt like I was a part of their work. I was taken away from their work. I didn't like white people. And so <laughs> I just turned it all Um I just said, you know what? I don't want any of this. Who and said so you ain't like it, white people? Well, because it was a black to the future thing. I tell you, I got some stuff. <laughs> uh, to, to, well, to kind of clarify it, 
uh, for those that may not have had seen the or, or heard our earlier episode, uh, I was on a CNN show uh, with Debbie Kumar Bell. It was called it's called United Shades of America. Pretty popular show. And they came to Atlanta and they interviewed black people who were building parts of future technology. And so my work with Subsume, uh, outside of the comic books, I do work on future tech and the ideas, not only speculative fiction, but speculative technology. And how is the way that we're bringing in a lot of our work in tech and the workers in tech and biases and uh, and systemic racism. And so that's been a project I've been working on um, for some time. And and lo and behold, somebody asked me to be on this show. But that show was called Black Shooter Futures. The idea was it was Black people that were doing this. So, of course, and we see this all the time, anything that may be a focus or emphasis on on an underrepresented or marginalized people that a majority can, who typically may be apathetic seem to be, I'm going to say annoyed, because I don't think it's everybody, but it's enough that it's vocal. And so it's enough that people will troll you to ask you, you know, why do you think this is or who are you to judge or what it, why? Basically, the same thing I think we're all used to. There's always just some detractor uh, that's a part of that. And so I'll be honest, I just was not in a space at that time that I, I really could bother with that. And looking back at it now, it was the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Though it probably cost me a lot of opportunities. But looking back now, I'm like, oh man, I was, I probably could have turned this into that, right? The idea of, okay, I was on a television show. So now let me go and try to get on another one or talk on a radio station or I don't know, just something like that. Like trying to parlay this into something else, mm-hmm. which I definitely saw some other people do. I just, just turn all my stuff off and I say, you're not going to find me. And I realized this year that that was like a, a big looming cloud that kind of just took right back into trying to get back in front of people. And don't get me wrong. It's nice. It's not like I got paid for it or anything, or that I saw some exponential amount of sales or anything like that. But at the same time, it was a good affirmation or an acknowledgement of some work I had done that people more than likely don't know that I do. So it felt good in that sense. But then the, okay, maybe I can use this to be stable. Maybe I can use this to get a job or I can use this to not have to worry about a lot of other things. Like that never came. Mm-mm. And I think because it didn't come, then I became more, now what have I done? I'll never get this point again. Well, I know people pay good money and do a lot of stuff to try to have a viral moment. And so me just rambling around and having one, which actually was a good one. It wasn't me doing world star-ish type stuff. It was like, okay, this could be applied in some good academic sense if I knew what I was doing. But I didn't know what I was doing. And so thinking for uh, the first time in a while to just say from a, a health, not even a health, I'm trying to think of the right way to say it. Um mental break yeah i think that's been something that i've been able to start giving myself more of this year so in my year of review being able to say you know what that's enough because i'm the person that never says it's enough so this year was the first year in a very long time i said that's enough i didn't have to sell a book i didn't have to create i just had to survive Mm -hmm. and after uh after a hard 2020 particularly 
I am very optimistic that this year was going to be different. It seemed like it was just very much more of the same. Mm-hmm. But if anything, it was just amplified because now I had a point of reference of just how bad it could get. Mm-hmm. And seeing that when I look back, I really wasn't that far away from as bad as it could get. And so for me, that was a big point of at least a, a career defining moment to be sure uh, that I didn't let define me. It's probably the way I want to close it. And so for good, bad or indifferent, that was a, uh, a big pivotal point in some stuff. Um, but in the short term was really, uh, I, I can't go any further. And I think that's the first time I could say I can acknowledge that being a part of of my thought process and and the action thereafter. And so we always talk to people and say, you know, hey, are you doing okay? Are you be are you, you know, just checking on you? You know, and then that's that's our point, right? We say that amongst each other here. Uh, but I think at the same time of being able to say, no, I'm not okay. And even though it wasn't a point of needing clinical support or help. It absolutely is a point of um, of needing to do some things otherwise. So I, I'm glad to say at least that part seemed to be right if the rest of it didn't feel right after. It's just that we're getting hit in every damn direction and that is that is really the thing that's getting us. Like it's it's so many things that aren't are out of our control. And yeah, it's, I mean, it's every possible direction. It's your personal health. It's the health of your friends and family. It's your environment and constantly needing to be in control of your environment because this of this airborne virus that for no good reason, a lot of people have chosen not to take seriously. And then it's the whole maintaining your income, maintaining your health care. And if you are a creative and your primary source of income has been, you know, being able to promote your work in in-person spaces. I mean, I get it. I, the people who are, you know, still going out into these spaces, I, I get why they're doing it. They don't have a choice. This goes back to the if you die, you die. Um, it, they don't have a choice about a lot of it if that is where they've been making their money because trying mm-hmm. to get people to buy your stuff online if you're not a big company with a huge marketing department that can just you know spam people um, you know and literally millions of people constantly and promote stuff and you and of course there's the whole creative process like it takes a long time to create things mm-hmm. and you know a lot of the places that you, that put out stuff like Netflix the reason why Netflix can put out stuff every fucking month is that they're paying people they've got tons and tons of people <laughs> who are creating stuff for them it's not just you in your basement it's not just you know one person, you know, coming being coming up with an idea and then having to hire everybody to help bring it to fruition. They got money. It, it's different when you're indie. So true. You know, and that's that's the beauty and the tragedy of of the independence, right? Um, it is. It's, it's uh, 
Like people are always like, when are you doing something new? And I'm like, it took me how long to do that? Right. This is a year's worth of effort mm-hmm. right here. <laughs> and that's that actually is, you know, one of the easier efforts. I got other stuff that is two, three years I'm working on. And people yeah. just expect you to have something. You know, I got into the habit of coming up with new stickers and stuff all the time. And I'm like, yeah, but in order for me to do that, you know, it's me having an idea, having a concept, being able to sit there and think about it, work through it, find some artists to do it with me, get them, wait for them to do their work. People have no idea how long it takes to get some of your stuff from artists. Like, it was just, and then you find a place where you can actually, you know, um, sell it. And mm-hmm. like, it's just, there's just a lot of steps to all of it. And again, this year was just one of those years where it was like, I just don't feel like it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Every time I think about stuff, I'm like, I just, I do not feel like being bothered with this. I, I know I'm supposed to care and a part of me does. But it's a smaller, small, every day it's a smaller part. Like, I'm in the, I want to create and not have to worry about how it's getting out and who's going to see it. And even though that puts me in a bad spot, because if I'm making it for people to be, for it to be seen, then I'm about to create a whole bunch of stuff and it's just going to go into the void. But, and I'm, I can't keep asking myself to to do all this monstrous work. And that's the other part of it. A lot of us think that we're going to, well, I can't say a lot of it. I can only speak for myself. I I thought I would, I don't know, somehow come up with some concept, some project that would be really sustainable that I could then parlay into something that I could work on for years and be able to make a living at doing. And mm-hmm. that, that, that's harder than one would think, or maybe it's not harder than what it's harder than I thought. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't even know if I want it anymore, honestly, because there is another part of me that's like, I'm just tired. I just want to stop. I just want to stop doing everything. Y'all mm-hmm. can do what y'all want with that. I'm tired. So I try to do things now that, you know, bring me peace in some way. Um, I'm very much like, okay, I would like to be part of some communities. So I've been working on expanding some of my communities because I need some of that support now. And that's an important thing. Like we all want to go it alone because we all like thinking that we can just, I don't know, make stuff happen. And it's easier working by yourself because when you, the moment you start working with the team, you got a whole lot of other considerations that come into play. Um, But it's also harder. I just, I just need supportive networks right now. So I've been working on trying to make that a regular part of my life and using that to help inspire me to do more stuff and different stuff because mm-hmm. I, I really if left to my own devices I would do a lot of sleeping all the time and that would just be it I'd be like where's Tyler sleeping <laughs> that's it <laughs> yeah. 
But that said, I did sign up for Virtuous Con. Um, I wasn't going to. And because I wasn't going to, I'm paying a lot of money. And I don't and I know it's not going to be worth it for me. Like, I know I'm not going to make no money there because I know what, you know, online conventions are like. But a part of me just said, you know what? Try it. Just do the event. It's in February. I don't. I'm not going out. I'm definitely not going to go out. Like, I'm not going to spaces. Like, I know that. Um, And I don't know what this variant is going to do. I mean, you've mentioned the supply chain a couple of times. That that, that has not resolved. (laughs) Even though the media is not talking about it, the supply chain stuff has not resolved. It is Mm -hmm. ongoing. So, um, since that's not going anywhere, like, I just, I'm just like, you know what? And I, again, this comes back to needing community. I need to have contact with more than just, you know, my spouse who I love him, but Jesus, I, I could stand out to look at him for a couple of days. And he's sweet and everything, but it, man, this is what, two years now? That's a lot of one on one contact. That's true. And, you know, I think I know I am, and I know a lot of folks, you know, feel feel very much in the same way, right? You want to change, but there is no change because it's, uh, it's uh it's dangerous to go alone out there. Right? Mm-hmm. It's uh and and to that, you know, speaking of virtuous con, which I supported in the past, and and thinking of how for our program coming up Black Futures Month, uh, that I'll probably look to announce here on Friday. Though it's it's hard to get an ROI, um, yes. on some things, right? So as a creator, I mean, you said it. You got to play. You got to be present to win. But at the same time, you know, you have to put yourself in a space where you can do these things. Um, and I'm just trying to think to myself, how do we absolutely um, make this worth people's time and attention, uh, you know, in building the space? Because this will be coming up. This will be the fourth year of Zoom Summit. So I did. I was speaking with Milton Davis, who's one of our guests, and some other points uh, earlier in regards to you know what where we started and, and doing these things and my you know my stuff came out of a fandom of of the spaces that I've seen like the Schomburg Black Comic Book Festival that went from in person to online in the span of about two weeks. They're up in New York. Uh, also Black Tasticon that we had here in Atlanta, I think back in 2018. Mm-hmm. It's uh you, know, you want to make those spaces where you feel like you don't have to explain a lot. You know, we've seen those the blurred cons and other points of, of, of an HBCU con is coming. That's a virtual that we've been partnering with before. It's a, it's a way to say, okay, a lot of the things that we talked about earlier, a lot of that you can leave at the door and you know, the people that you're trying to talk to and be a part of are there, but then it's virtual and then it makes it just, feels like another meeting it's a slog it's awful 
Yeah. And it's just like, this is the fun thing. This is the thing where I get to do what I want. Mm -hmm. And these are the people I want to talk to. And it feels like a meeting. It doesn't feel like a meetup. It feels like this is something else I had scheduled between 6 to 10 p.m. on Saturday evening. Right. And then it's just you're checking your Google Calendar. Yes. I'm, you know, and it's looking at it like, oh, I thought I had a break today. It's like, no, this is the thing you want. Um, and, and that's not anything on, on any convention that we're talking about from an independent standpoint. I and mean, everybody has that. Every, every virtual space at this point is, is trying to figure that part out. Yep. You know, I know that for, for helping to build these for people as well as having my own. So I don't feel that that's going to change until, because we, we know what freedom tastes like. That's a problem. Like we know what it is to go outside and enjoy and and do these things and we are being given uh you know a, a substitute i mean uh, it really and i mean we've talked about this because i've been fascinated with what online spaces are doing and how people are managing it and all of that because you know i'm i'm just nosy um also it affects me but i'm really it's just to me it's just a fascinating thing mm-hmm. um you know, I've been watching how they operate. I've been paying attention. I've been trying to, you know, like thinking, why is it not working? And so much of it, and it's such a simple reason. It's such a simple reason. We got into this because of the the, the in-person space. We mm-hmm. wanted to be around people who shared interests in the same things that we liked. We wanted to share space with them. We wanted to sit back and fan out with one another. We wanted to be dressed up in costume together. We wanted to coordinate stuff. We want to sit there and look at each other and talk to each other and, you know, possibly be inappropriate. Who knows? But it was really everything about it was being in the same physical space as these people. And once that was gone, which is what COVID did, COVID was like, yeah, that's the one thing y'all can't do. <laughs> Sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's the one thing that's not allowed. I was like, how are we how are we going to come back from that? How are we going to rethink that? And, you know, it, it really became clear that, you know, we had to basically we as individuals had to sit back and say, you know what? We can't have those physical spaces anymore. We can't. And people will not let that go. Mm -hmm. That like, that is the one thing that people will not let go. So it, it will never be good enough. It will never feel right. And it doesn't even really feel like a meeting to me, even though you keep saying that. And I get that, like the Zoom, the whole Zoom thing. I actually like talking to people online. I've been someone who has been online chatting with folks since since the nineties. Um, I was on the IRC. I was all about talking with people. I love talking with people online. I love not having to interact face to face a lot of times. Um, so like, it doesn't phase me as much, but I also get how the, the convention spaces just become weird mm-hmm. and 
people really don't they hate it uh, <laughs> they hate it they'll do it but they hate it and i mean it's 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 weird it's hard to schedule stuff with that too like i forget unless i have some kind of you know reminder that pops up I forget. And then people really had a hard time setting up their spaces right. There were constantly technical difficulties with folks. And that ruins your whole chat. Or whatever it is that you're doing. Like, there's just, there were so many issues with it. Mm-hmm. But getting this, the people to sign on to it was, that was always the hardest part. They're just, they just are not interested. Everyone is in a holding pattern until we can be in person again. And that's how they're operating. And there's a whole bunch of people who are like, I, I'm, I'm not even waiting until they say it's safe. I'm just gone. Right. It's going to do what it's going to do. Hmm. Yeah. I didn't really think, I mean, I was, I'm a pessimist. So I, I knew that this was going to last longer then it wasn't just going to be one year. I knew it was going to be more than one year. Um, I did not necessarily anticipate it being this long. Um, And I should have, but I think at that point I got tired of trying to predict how horrible people were going to be. So (laughs) Mm. after a while, I just had to check out and just say, again, just like, it's going to do what it's going to do. And I still watch what people do, but I just couldn't, I couldn't get invested in it because it was breaking my heart constantly. And I just didn't have the emotional bandwidth to keep going through that. It's, it is, they are, they, you know, just, and another lyric, these are tiny tragedies and we, we are just constantly consistently berated with. And the only thing I think we can do in spite of all that we said is a, is a big, op- is an opportunity is to, is to say to ourselves that we're going to make, we're going to make something of this. And if, if anything, and I'd like to kind of shift it to our, our point of, of, of reflection to our futures is that, you know, if now more than ever, we need to create. Now, whether or not we, you know, we spend a fair amount of time and understandably so talking about the difficulty of the the apprehension to be in some spaces, but the necessity to to find a way to be uh, and keep ourselves included in these in these things as we always do. But all that said, where's our future? Right. So the idea is that this journey must give must go on, at least in this conversation. Uh, I don't feel like you're giving up. I don't feel like I'm giving up. So we must if, as creators, you know, we have stories within us and we have art and and the way forward, despite all the uh, the things to the uh, to the contrary that says, yes, you should stop. Maybe you should rethink this. Um, where where is where do we go from here? <laughs> and that can be, you know, that's open ended, right? That can be because I would like at least to give a couple minutes of people to know, obviously, where we've been and where we're at, right? So I feel like we're in a good space to those points. But, and it doesn't have to be not to qualify, but it can be, as it always is here, you know, a safe space to say, you know, where you think you're, you'll be at from here. You know, 
I I have really strongly moved away from this idea of uh, having to monetize everything. Um, and that I also know is a privilege and a luxury. Uh, not everybody can say that or do that. And that was, it was something that drove me, but it didn't drive me. Like I wasn't like, Oh, I'm going to leave my, I mean, I did want to leave my day job, but not just because I thought I could create stuff. I, I wanted to leave my day job cause it's trash. Uh, <laughs> um, all that said, like, I don't know. I, I want people to, to find or rediscover their joy in all the things that they've, they used to do. You know, all the ways that we have tried to make ourselves and what we've been kind of forced into becoming gig economies because, you know, the workplace is so toxic and horrible that it like the, it's just, uh, I, it, it, I mean, it's just incredibly violent. It's just an incredibly awful, violent space, and it's constant. But um, I, I just want people to be able to go back and sit back and say, you know what? I used to love this, and I used to love this for this particular reason. And then, you know, really create for that reason, if they can. And I think that, you know, focusing on joy has become so imperative. And I know I've said this, we haven't had a lot of podcasts this year, but when we have had them, I have, you know, said on more than one occasion that I used to look at pleasure and joy as extraneous things, as, you know, just frivolous things that weren't necessary and what has really come to light throughout this entire pandemic has been how much of my life is a grind and how I have not felt like I deserved to be happy or to feel good or to you know have nice things happen to me or to be taken care of in any way i've just never felt like that was something that was supposed to be a part of my life and i had to let that go i had to kill that shit with fire because Mm -hmm. if i didn't take that time if i didn't take that care with myself i wasn't going to make it and it wasn't just me being like oh i'm you know this is not self-harm talk um, this was me getting sick a lot and then the carrying the stress in my body and the effect that it was having on me where I, I had a, a point in time where I actually, it was hard for me to put on my socks. I, I had a hard time putting on my own socks because my body was so tight and in so much pain that it, bending over was just it just, it became this optional thing if I could make it optional. Um, and I had to really, really rethink all of that and change how I treat myself and how I talk to myself and how much time and care I take with myself. So that's what made it, when I talked about the whole, you you can, if you stop, the thing that you stop doing is the things that you, are the things that you love. 
you know, that that was straight up personal experience. And I was mad about it. And I stay mad about it. I shouldn't have to not create. But then I had to ask myself, why am I creating? What am I creating? Am I producing a product for somebody or am I doing this because this is fun? Mm -hmm. And we don't ask ourselves that question enough. And that is a part of survival mode. Because survival mode means that you look at all the things that you need to be alive and you remove the ones that won't kill you fast. Like Mm -hmm. you remove the ones that you can continue to survive without. That doesn't mean that this is an optimal way to live. It's actually not. But it's what we find ourselves having to do because we can't afford to do anything else. And so I had to sit back and say, you know what, I I have to make it so that I can afford to do something else because I hate being alive right now. And that that's bad. That that's not you like you're not going to create like that. You're not going to continue like that. You're then you start getting into weird. Okay, this could be self-harm shit. And that wasn't ever my intention. It was just. I couldn't keep doing what I was doing. Mm-hmm. So I want more people. I want people to to at least start having that conversation with themselves about this, because it's a very real thing. We don't live lives of pleasure and we don't see pleasure as something that we actually need, but we do. We We need it. Just like, you know, I, it's not as imperative as air, hmm. but it it's it's up there in your your actual day to day needs, and it's one of the first things we'll sacrifice. The next thing we'll sacrifice is sleep. Hmm. So true, so true. I think the you know the idea of of sacrifice and sleep. I think that's the that's like the creative currency, right? It's just the I won't, you know, I won't get any rest. I'll, I'll make some time for the, the things here otherwise. And the things that we want to be doing, especially if our day job doesn't match the, the nighttime and weekend passions mm-hmm. of, of creativity. And so for me, I, I feel like the thing that I got out of all of this and then to kind of speak for is I think this is, this is the hill I'm, I'm going to die on. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to create. I don't care. I don't say I don't care, but I realize very much so that I'm going to financially put myself in a, a perilous position again this year, which I absolutely can't afford. And my family does not deserve, but I feel like it wouldn't be me if I did. Like I've come this far and and again, not to use that word, not to be morose about it, but I think it's the idea of if this is my last year coming up, then I'm I'm going to I'm going to shoot all my shots, and and if I don't make it, it won't be because I didn't put everything out there. Does that mean I'm going to just run willy nilly to fifty conventions with people? Nope. But I think what it means is that. What all that I can control next year creatively, uh, I feel like I've given up this year to put up next year because I realized 2020 was just blinding pain and I don't remember much. 2021, I think 
almost intentionally, I let myself be hurt by the things that meant a lot, which was like the creative stuff. And to be honest, it, it was it's creative partners and people that I really want to work with or was working with or, or feel like I will be working with in the future and say, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to try to understand how things are as they are, not in the way that I typically do is in look at very half, very half glass, half full, very optimistic, very much smoothing out flaws uh, amongst myself and a lot of other things. So that was a lot of lessons this year learned at my expense. So the idea is to not take this education and and try to take the final exam. And so that that's going to begin this February for me. So working on this project, the Black Futures Month, obviously I do things on a good enough scale that I see other people doing it. So my thought is, it's got to be something. And same with my creative work and the people I work with. I, I see I'm one degree away from all the things that I feel like are my next step. Does it mean I deserve them? No. Does it mean that I want to get them? Absolutely not. But I think it, it, it's all going to come down to this. But I'm also of a certain age and a certain level of responsibility that I get one more roll of these dice. And and that's just going to have to be next year. Because my thought is... I can always go back to the other part. That's not true, but at least that's my part as far as to where am I going to go creatively for like the next couple of years. I feel like the things I didn't do this year, I'm just trying to put myself in a position to say, hey, I tried. And if I've got to pivot the year after that, or maybe some point next year, that's okay. But I've, I feel like I've worked hard to put myself in a position of if i got to go out, and get a quote, quote, uh, you know, quote, unquote, normal job. That's okay. But since I got laid off of my job, I haven't, I haven't really worked in a real job. I had one consulting job, but it was, it was a tire fire. And so, it, and it's okay. They, they, they know who they are. They did not, uh, things were not as, uh, as, as they appeared to be. So that to say, I, now I know I can't go back to work <laughs> because now it's like I, I this has to mean something. And if yeah. that means somebody has to, and I'll let, I'll finish it and give you a chance to respond. Uh, that means somebody has to go through my hard drive when I die and realize I had all this awesome stuff and, and somebody else has to pick it up. I'm fine with that. But that's the way, that's where I'm going out. So that's, that's where I want to be just in the future is guns blazing. And figure it, and figure it out from there. When you talk like this, I, sometimes I sit back and I'm like, maybe I'm just doing this shit wrong. But I, 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 I won't actually let myself think that for very long. Um, it, out your shit always sounds so unsustainable. It always oh, it sounds like this all or nothing every single time, and that sounds horrible. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to create in those conditions. I don't, I don't want to be, I don't want to live like, like, I want to be able to do this stuff for a very long time because I actually do enjoy it. I want to have the opportunity to try all kinds of different things, to learn new stuff, to, 
to get different types of skills, to experiment with different things. Like I want to do all of that. And, you know, that means I'm probably, you know, I won't be necessarily successful um, in the same way that people, the way that we like to define success, but I'm, I want to enjoy the ride and you just never sound like you're going to enjoy the ride. And that always bothers me. Yeah. I definitely understand that, and and yes, a lot of times it does sound like that because I feel like I've come to the point of understanding, or at least my own sense of understanding, is not everybody gets to enjoy the ride, right? Some some people do, and and some people don't, right? It's the idea of, and that's not to say that I'm a sadist and I want this pain, and I don't think that you have to suffer for your art. I don't I don't necessarily believe that. You know, pain and doing without or the struggle is what makes you great. But I also think that we live in a sense and definitely live in a world now where even more so, like, it's just tomorrow's not promised. And and I've and having seen people way younger than me and older than me, right? I think all around us, right? We're we're seeing just this pandemic. Just it's this, a mass this, death this, event. It is definitely a mass it, death it event. And that's not to say that I'm just waiting for my turn, but I think the thing is, if any time, if there was ever going to be a time where you got to value what it takes to get and do the things that you want and why are you here, I mean, I don't think I'm here of myself, right? Uh, that's always been my thought, that whatever I do is not going to be for me. And I've always had the gift and the curse of been able to help people better than I've been able to help myself. And that's my life in life. And I've done 20 plus years to try to change that in my, in my working time. And it's not worked yet. So I'm not going to spend 21. If I tell you how to do something, you'll do it way better than I could knowing how to do it. And so it's okay. And I've, but I've gotten very far on being a, a great resource and, and that's okay. But I say that and then to give it back is that's just that's the cost. That that is the cost of making it making it the way not to say art or making it in a uh, commercialized way because that's definitely I wanted to clarify and that's what I was just trying to get to. Is I don't, don't want to mean that. I don't mean I need X amount of dollars or I need to be on this cover of this literary magazine to make it. That's the absolute inverse. But I think to make it in my mind of what are people going to think about when I'm not here? And that's, again, it's not it's not a bad thing because you, you want to think your work is, is has a legacy or has a resonance even when you're not in the room, not necessarily when you got to be dead and gone. But that's it. I want, I, but I'm really thinking this is the year I get. If I get one more year to do it, then this is how I'm going to do it. And so I'm fine with the rest. In the meantime, I'm like, you, you get to design your legacy. You get to determine how, how you don't think you do. No, I don't think you do. I think you get to what, while you're here, but I think your legacy gets defined by, by those who, uh, you leave behind. Okay. That is true. But I, you have a say. I right? don't. You did. 
I guess my thing is, I don't, I don't give a fuck how I'm perceived when I'm gone. See, I'm concerned with how I live because somebody is always going to misrepresent you. Somebody is always going to see certain parts of you. Somebody is always going to filter their knowledge of you through their perception of the world. And it will never be you. None of it will ever be you. It will always be somebody's interpretation of you. And people interpret you based on how useful or meaningful you are for them. And you don't get to determine that in any way, shape, form, or fashion. That just is. That that part is true, but I think that's a very uh, current way to look at it, right? Because we call we 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 live and we're molded by a sense of social media and digital sense of self. But I think of like Shakespeare. I don't know anything about Shakespeare's personal life, and I don't necessarily think I'm the biggest fan of everything that Shakespeare's ever done. But when I say like your work lives beyond you, we talk about Shakespeare like he's down the street. You know, this is a well, well after. But I mean, I think it's the idea of your work speaking for yourself and how it's interpreted. Um, you know, and I think particularly for us going through the time that we are, especially as black people, that's why I feel like that's the part of saying that there's a legacy that I won't I won't get a chance to maybe say in full for myself. But somebody's going to look back at this and be like, man, what did. Why were black people going through during the pandemic of 2020? Right. And we've seen it. But I think part of that's part of that's our charge, at least to say we had a say in in what was going on while we were here. Say what you're saying. I mean, all I can say to that in response to that is, you know, somebody's going to come and purge you from their history because they don't like what you represented. And that would mean that all this suffering that you did in this life was for naught but i'm you know i'm maybe i'm just self-centered or just impatient or whatever i don't believe in living for tomorrow necessarily um i'm i'm not like that that to me seems so thankless but Mm. i'm you know we're all different and we all have different priorities so i respect the fact that you see it differently, I, I just, I, I, I personally would like to see you stop doing this, you know, everything or die type of approach to your work. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, you know, and this is, I feel like, um, at least in that sense, I'm as bad as, as I've done all I can do at least to try to take the precautions of, you know, with that. Cause again, I, I mean, I've got a family and I don't want to not come home or, or not have a home to come home to. But at the same time, um, like I've given up, given up too much to, to at this point, it not be a, uh, or die situation. But I think it is the, as, as good as I can. And probably my good as I can is probably to the death. Uh, yeah, I don't and think you need to do that though. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't. I don't. I don't. This is required. But, <laughs> right, it's it's not a requirement, but I think uh, you know, but it's it's that journey. It's the. But you keep choosing it, and I want you to right. not choose that. 
Oh, I believe it. I don't want to choose it either. No, no, you do want to choose it. I just think you don't have to. I don't know what's telling you that you have to. I don't I don't understand that. Like, you don't have to do this. You're right. I don't have to. But I feel like the part of me, that's the good part of me that people see and and maybe appreciate and maybe just a little bit um, respect is that part. Is 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 it is the it's a relentless pursuit of of that of that creative sense of self, and that's okay. I mean, and, and I say it's okay, meaning that what comes of it comes of it, because I, I like to think that it isn't always going to be feast or famine, but it's the breakthroughs got to be there. Otherwise, why are we here? We are so here to try. We are here to experiment. We are here to sample what this existence gives us. Like, we don't have to have a purpose. We don't. It's not all. It's not all predetermined. But I feel like that's what's that's what makes us fantastic as humans, right? Is we we have enough of that cognitive ability. And I know we're getting way off, but I want to. No, because you. Is, but I, so I have an issue with your messaging because your messaging is. You know, we have to suffer. Oh no, I don't think that's my message. I think the idea is that part of the part of that journey may be suffering, and that's not to say that you have to. Because, like I said earlier, you don't. I'm not a proponent of you have to be a starving artist or you have to suffer for your art. I don't think that's a thing. I think that's just something that capitalism has put on artists because they want to quantify and and commodify creative output. But no, I think the idea of suffering, you know, suffering is different for different people. It's not financial suffering. Uh, it's not personal or professional suffering. It's uh, I think it's just the idea of I, I look. I mean, just look at it that I've been given a lot. I've had I've had it better than most, and so and I acknowledge and appreciate that. And so, but I say of all the things I've been given, if I feel like I've got any modicum of talent. It's knowing what talent is and everybody else. And so I can see what needs to be done to get people where they need to get. And, and a lot of time that road isn't easy. And sometimes it's, and more times than not, it's harder than it needs to be. And all I'm saying is I'm trying to make myself, I'm, I'm built for hard times. And I'm and, and I can be okay with that. I don't go seek them out. I'm, that's all I'm saying is like that pain part and that struggle part. Uh, believe me, I don't want that. Not at all. I want the opposite. I feel like I deserve the opposite. If if deserves got anything to do with it, but it's it's we're in such a time. And again, I hate to use that thing in this time, but you're rationalizing it, this. And I mean, again, that's your right, but right. I, and I appreciate, it, but I just wanted just to, in some, <laughs> I do want to. I I do want to have a, a pain free creative existence and i think it's possible and, and and i think it's probable if i lower my expectations of myself but i think in doing that that's not the me i want to be that's it yeah and, but but when something sits me down i just hope <laughs> my hope is that i'll be able to get back up dust myself off and say all right i did i did what i could do and i can live with that I can live pain free with the re- the rest of my time with that, but if this shot don't shoot, hey, 
Yeah, we got to I can I can sit down hopefully in, in retirement or sitting at my or, you know, if I'm pushing shopping carts at, at 80, that may be me, too. But I'm just saying it's uh, I can look at this time and say. I tried. And I'm just saying a lot of people don't get a chance to try. And so I, I encourage people to at least try, but not at all costs. Mm. I, I think I, there's a lot of kind of circular logic going on up in there but mm, you know man. do you think <laughs> hey, I, I, didn't, I didn't say it made sense for everybody but uh, I, all I say is I, I just the journey is a beautiful thing you know, uh, even I, painful parts and I, I just want I just want us to all know that we can we can all move forward in our ways whether that's straight and, straight and, straight and narrow whether that's uh, circular or whether that's standing still, that's still all progress. As long as you try, we just, we just, we we just want you to do something with your time and the, the people around you. Because yeah, it is definitely the truth. Truth in this pandemic, life's too short. Mm. Too short indeed. So, not not to make this. Uh, no, we were going to die episode. <laughs> You're going to die episode, but uh, and I mean I really everybody going to die. And that's true. That is a given. But I think the idea is that you can still have a creative life worth living. That it's not too late. And even under the confines and considerations of of what we've all been through in twenty twenty one, there's still there's still a reason to be optimistic and that the thing that's in you to do can still be done. Mm. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, I feel like folks can can Let's still make it. I think I not again, I'm in the camp of everyone should be I I just want people to, to take to find joy in it. I want people to enjoy it. I think that, you know, we really do get caught up a lot. And mind you, the whole being caught up in the the suffering thing, that is actually just another aspect of our culture, of American culture. Um, the glorifying of suffering. Um that is very much a part of the American way. It is a huge foundation in Christianity and, you know, it's, it's seen as this noble thing to suffer um, and to work to the point of pain constantly when it's not necessary. We don't live in a world where that has to be the way it is, but it's very hard for us to get rid of that programming. And I realize mm-hmm. that. All that said, I want people to realize and under just accept you can enjoy this stuff. There's plenty of enjoyment to be had. Work, try, try. Don't don't embrace the the all the hard parts. There's going to be hard parts regardless. That's mm-hmm. just life. But yet, yeah, try try to enjoy this stuff because. You know, as part of the tomorrow's not promised, that means that you also have to learn when, you know, to accept that things are good and to appreciate those things. It's just, I don't know. It What you're saying is kicking off some red flags for me. But again, we are not the same. And, you know, I, I respect your willingness to endure 
<laughs> and I appreciate that. And likewise, you know, I I do appreciate your your rationale and reason for enjoying the time as we have it now and making that part of this creative journey is to be enjoyed. And I absolutely agree to that. You want to enjoy this. this you agree to it. You're just not going to do it. Yeah, but again, that's, <laughs> that's, whole, that's, that's this whole podcast all these years, right? And I mean, we're looking at what? Three three years of this podcast plus. And, you know, Koisa, we kicked this off of a bat when you could meet in person. Yeah. And, and I had a job. So I recall the, I vaguely recall these things, but all that to say, you know, everybody's got their journey, right? And I mean, I think it's the idea of being able to have a spaces and places like this and only talk and connect and collaborate, but also consider, you know, where you've been and where you're going and really where you are on, on your, on your own path to getting your story and your, your voice heard. So do that. I, I think, I think we're in a good space enough to say, and it's a point of final words uh, from you and let us know if there's anything for us to look out for you in, in the coming times and yeah, and we'll wrap it up from there. <laughs> um, you know, I'm still just kind of puttering around with, you know, my art and my creation, my creative process. I'm still working on the documentary. That thing is, it is coming. And even though I've been saying this for years, it is coming. Um, we, Keisha and I meet about it, not regularly, but enough because we're, both of us are like, we want to respect the people who um, were willing to be vulnerable with us for us to, you know, record the footage and all of that. So we actually do have a responsibility to get that done. Um, what's been interesting, at least for me, has been there are some things that I realized during this pandemic that I didn't think about before that will be a part of the next iteration of the um, the next edit process of the, the documentary. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, that to me is fascinating because I mean it's really a just a representation. Um, well, actually, anytime you create something, um, it is capturing a moment in time of your perception or perspective of something, and even how you do it and the choices that you make, the mistakes that you make, the the things that actually, you know, survive and get through all of that. It, it's telling as a creator, when I look at things I've created in the past, I, I can see who I was at that time. And I love that about it. That's what it, it means for me. That's, that's my personal takeaway. I know other people are going to interpret differently because they have, you know, that some things resonated with them, some things diff- didn't, some things offended them, some things, you know, they just thought was really out the box, any of that. Mm-hmm. But for me, I get to see who I was at that point in time and what I thought was important at that time. And that is very special for me. So I love doing that. Um, but the other part of it is that holding on to this project and not working on it you know, for as long as it's been or doing it gradually, so many 
aspects of my perception have changed. And so it's going to make it a fuller, a richer experience for me. And I keep trying to keep that in mind instead of beating myself up for not being done, that I instead recognize that it's going to be a different piece of work than it would have been if we had just rushed through it early and then appreciating that. Now it's just a matter of getting it done. So all that's to say that is coming. <laughs> um, it's not here yet, but it is coming and it will be something that I think um, people will definitely be interested in, mainly because, you know, it is we interviewed a lot of black femme presenting um, people who for this project. And some of them have since come out as non-binary, um, but even more so. It's it's not about those identities necessarily as much as it was about um, prioritizing their voices in this space that consistently tells us that we are not supposed to be there. And I think that it's something that needs to be seen and heard. So I'm I'm excited about it. I wish I worked faster sometimes, but I also know I'm setting this deadline. And, you know, even the the delays even add to it. Um, And that sounds like some bullshit rationale, too, but it it really does. (laughs) The delays do add to the project in these unprecedented times because COVID a mess. And if COVID hasn't changed your perception on something, I I don't know what to say. Yes. This has been a, a, a this has been a world changing event. Agreed. 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 Um, well, just, I mean, just in follow up and in some, for me, I'm going to make the studio of my dreams next year. That's my goal. Studio? And, what kind of studio? Yeah, I don't know. I say that not not flippantly, but. I don't know a studio that makes comic books and video games and XR, VR stuff for black people about black stories and owned by black people, owned by black people in a black space. So that's always been the idea of Subsume, is that Subsume Subsume and Subsume Media was going to be this transmedia platform and having some cool connections with the idea of the metaverse i feel like that's that's where that's where you're going to find me at so whether or not that's a transition from comics no but i think i've i've got a lot of work that's owed so let me take one step back and say i did finish a kickstarter yesterday or let's see i finished a kickstarter right after christmas it funded so it funded congrats Thank you. So I also you know, appreciate the people who were extremely patient with me with my previous Kickstarter that still haven't gotten their things. And so though that book's been out a year, there's still people that don't have it. And I've been as cognizant and as respectful as I possibly could on it. Um, but it, it is what it is. I have the books done and I'm and but I want to get out of creative arrears with everybody. Uh, that should happen hopefully within the next 30 days and once that's there I'm going to work on paying myself to do the things I like to do all the time so the daytime and nighttime jobs want to match and I want to make a future that 
I can be included in and people like me can be included in. And that's the work I'm going to put myself towards next year. Whether that's comics and things, we'll see. But I've got some awesome comic book projects that'll come out. But I'm going to give myself between now and February to to dream up where would I want to work and see if I can make it. Okay. That's that's it. Uh, Oh, before you sign completely off, so are you doing a virtual event in um, February? Oh, yeah. Thank you. I mean, I'd be remiss to say we are going to do a virtual event in February. Uh, This will be our second Black Futures Month. Uh, We typically look at the first full week of February to make that. But as there's another event that's then that time frame, we're going to do the first weekend of February, which would be the 4th through the 6th, do a virtual event where we focus on creativity, technology, and community, looking at trying to build some cool programs and some more interactive things. Also look forward to a space and a place that people can can invest in and, and get their and get their opportunity to uh to build and develop. And yeah, and and I would hope to see folks like uh you know our, our listeners and yourself be a part of, of building that space. I feel pretty confident we'll have HBCU Con and, and their team as a part of that again. And it looks to just build out from there. Okay. So you can go to subsumesummit.com and get more information to that. And Subsume Life is going to take on a new life and form. And I'm excited to see what I can come up with and and how to make this sustainable enough the next time we talk that it's still a thing. So very it's happy. still a thing, so, but you're also still alive talking yeah. about it. Right. So we we we're, we're gonna we'll make it. You got so, real morbid for a minute. No, I'm just at man, I know we gotta close. I'm just at peace with doing the thing I feel like I'm put here to do. That's right. it. I'm just uh, that's it. Just optimistic that things are gonna work out. Okay. That this is fine and the fire is around me and that's just the normal that's 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 my normal is it's on fire yeah. I'm okay but to that you know we want to thank everybody for yet another year of of listening and support and engaging with us you know whether that's virtually uh probably not that in, in person with uh Talin, but I think in the sense of you know being out in the spaces and places, that we want to be and just doing what you do to uh, to represent. Uh, we do thank you and appreciate it. And as always, I want to wish y'all a, a great journey along your creative path and to keep on creating. Thanks, and we'll see you soon. Happy New Year.
Thank you.